Of the roughly 1,359,685 men and women currently serving active duty in the U.S. military, it's very likely the number of service members who enlisted for the same reason Brad Lovin enlisted would be roughly almost zero. Brad Lovin believes in making the world safe for democracy. But that's not why he joined the Army. Brad joined the Army because he loved Jesus. It started in 2003 when God put the seed in my heart that you need to reach young men. I wanted to, to be a, a person who hopefully was reaching people for Jesus and seeing leaders being redeemed, but at the very least was impressing upon people a Christian worldview that would challenge what they may want to do with their life. And so, so I joined the military not even thinking about where this would go. Ten years ago, the United States Army sent Brad Lovin 7,152 miles away from home. I was deployed to Afghanistan for really most of 2011. And once he got there, they assigned him a mission and a local English-speaking man to help him accomplish it. My job over there was really to kind of interact with the, the uh, Afghan people who may be coming to work on the base. And that's where, where I met Ali. Um, and uh, he, uh, he was my interpreter. So me and, and Ali were just uh, side by side the whole time. So during that period of time, we talked about each other's families. Uh, we uh, shared pictures and stories. Um, we ate together all the time. Um, we, uh, we were really brothers in, in that sense of we um, of what you think about when you think about David and Jonathan and how close that they were. This is a story about Brad and Ali and about the kinds of things one man will do for another in desperate times like August of 2021, when life, or something more eternal, is at stake. He was scheduled to be on one of the last flights out of, of Afghanistan. And so we were texting the day that they were going to the airport. And as we're texting, the Taliban are streaming into Kabul. And so Ali tells me, he says, you know, there are people from my village here, and if they see me, they will turn me into the Taliban. From Send Relief, this is Stories of Hope, episode number 68, From Afghanistan with Love. Sometimes we make plans. And sometimes, plans make us. A very long time ago, 18 years ago to be exact, Brad Lovin graduated college with a burden and a plan. His burden was college students, and his plan was join the army and make disciples. Back then, it all seemed simple enough. But like we said, sometimes we make plans, and sometimes our plans make us. It's difficult to calculate all the immeasurable ways in which God has worked in, in this. You know, I, I did go in with this mindset of, this is who I want to reach. But had it not been for me entering the military, I, I definitely would not be even probably concerned about the Muslim worldview or, the, or engaging in cross-cultural engagement or how do we love the, the stranger, the sojourner in, in our country. And so I would not have had that perspective of hospitality if I did not have the experience I had in Afghanistan. When Brad speaks about his experience in Afghanistan, he's mostly referring to his translator and friend, Ali. Everything changed for Brad when he met Ali, 
Here's how it happened. I worked with um, Ali for um, for that pretty much the whole year, and so the experience with that we had together was unlike anything probably I've ever had in my life. We we just really spent our lives together in so many ways, and I, we just had to trust each other. Um, I mean, Ali had the, the communication, the cultural skills. I I was the one carrying you know, a weapon during the time. And so we really depend upon each other for each other's lives in some instances. So, um, so we got many opportunities to kind of talk about the gospel and to uh, engage uh, about that, uh, pieces of the gospel, whole gospel conversations. And, you know, as I was departing there, we were talking about whether he would be able to come to the United States or not. And I said, well, you know, I'm going to pray that you have that opportunity because I want to continue our conversation. So in 2014, he did get to immigrate to the United States. And he, so he had a wife and four children at the time. Um, when he immigrated, he has five children now. So when he got to the United States, I said, do you remember the conversation we had before you left about me praying for you that you would have that opportunity? And he told me, he said, I, I, I thought about that every day. And I said, I just want you to know, I think God has brought you here because he wants us to continue talking about what we've started talking about. Ali came to Louisville because we lived there. So they came there. Uh, we worked with the resettlement agency there uh, to, to uh, be the sponsor of the family that would be able to help him get settled in. And so we helped like set up their beds and get food in the refrigerator. And, and then we just really walked through a lot of processes of just showing them things in America, taking them to appointments. Then really, I mean, uh, we just spent a lot of time together. He had always made this kind of promise to his, his wife that they would go back and, and visit Afghanistan. Uh, they got their citizenship last year. And so, because they were able to travel, they decided to go back and visit Afghanistan. And so they departed. And then over the course of this summer, we just kind of kept in, in touch via text. And I, as the Taliban began to make a progress across the country, I encouraged him to think about, you know, changing his flights to be able to get out sooner. But he kind of determined that he would kind of wait it out. And so even, you know, up until, you know, the days leading up to the Taliban taking over Kabul, we were texting the day that they were going to the airport. And as we're texting, the Taliban are streaming into Kabul. And he's telling me that they can no longer drive their car. There's checkpoints being established by the Taliban. And so they, they ended up walking to the airport with all their bags and all their children. Um, we're texting back and forth. We get them registered with the embassy for evacuation flights and, and that sort of thing. Uh, managed to make it to the airport and over the course of several hours of trying to get a position to get to the front where the American checkpoint are. Uh, you know, Ali told me the crowd was so intense, so pressing in, they were so scared they had to leave. They had to actually strip off some of their backpacks in getting to the checkpoint because it just was too crowded.
me and, and my family, I mean, up to that point, we're, we were physically sick at our stomachs. To have to, we had to tell our children, um, the children you played with many times, you may never see them again. You know, and knowing that, that my son has prayed for them by name, um, which is heartbreaking. Ali manages to make it to the the military checkpoint, is able to identify himself as a U.S. citizen, and they they gain entry. And so, so they make it the hot, into the airport, and uh, and then I hear that they're going to make it out, and uh, they're on a flight, a C seventeen flight, and suddenly the you know he's rescued. During that period of time. In the conversations that we had over text, uh, Ali said, you know, I think we pray to the same God. Um, and to which I said, I, I don't think that's really the case, but we can discuss that when you get back. Ali comes from a, fan, a people group of 39 million, which straddles the Afghan-Pakistan border, uh, where there are probably only enough Christians to fill maybe a church. Uh, I mean, and, and the, the interesting, the thing I love about the Pashtun culture, which is, which is the, the uh, people group that Ali's from, is they really don't have a word in their main language for you're welcome because the hospitality is implied. And I long for that for our church, that we would be marked by the fact that our hospitality is so implied that we don't have the word for you're welcome because it is who we are. There is a real opportunity for our churches in, in this current situation. The people who are coming here, they're looking for hope. They have very little. They, they, they know very few people in many cases. And so the church has a, a, a great opportunity to make a deep impact. And I think it's just critical that we seize that opportunity. If you'd like to know how you and your church can meet needs and change the lives of families like Ali's who are now arriving from Afghanistan, go to sendrelief.org slash projects slash Afghanistan dash crisis. That's sendrelief.org slash projects slash Afghanistan dash crisis. Brad Levin now serves as the missions director for the Illinois Baptist State Association. If you'd like to read more about Brad and Ali, you can find their story at IllinoisBaptist.org. If you haven't already done so, subscribe to Stories of Hope. You'll automatically get a new episode every two weeks. Go to Apple or Spotify podcasts and search for Stories of Hope. And finally, if you liked what you heard here, rate us and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That'll help other people find us and enjoy these stories too. Join us in two weeks for another episode of Stories of Hope.